It's Monday, November 14th, and this is Season 7, Episode 14 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your referee, Anthony. Uh, with me this week is Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. Sai. Hey, hey, hey. And Nate. Hey. So I'm expect, uh, expecting a rowdy podcast because every time Nate and Lucas are on together, it becomes like it's a bit a of minute. a... It was one time. <laughs> no, it was it's two times because we had Fisticuffs 2 was oh, the next right, episode yeah. name. So yeah, yeah, I think it's happened before, but um, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of expecting it this time. We've been time. doing this for seven years? We've been doing uh, it for seven years. Wow. Yeah, this is our seventh season. Wow. 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 Pretty well, amazing. I was watching it with... I, I will say, when we get to the Leeds game, like I stood, I was standing next to Nate for the majority of the Leeds I game. I think we had like, fun. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't as if... First of all, Nate and I are friends, everyone that listens. Like, just on the podcast, we just don't hold back sometimes. But yeah, Nate and I, I don't think there was a word out of each other's mouths that I... like. I was, We were pretty much on the yeah, same page. Yeah, I was like, like we were on the same page watching it, so I don't expect this to be like full-on... Fisticuffs Part Three. But also, we're in the front room, and I can't really make a scene. <laughs> so, yeah. so we all can hope. Yeah, we'll see where it we goes. Can contain ourselves. We could be a seen bit. by people walking by in public today. Just so. Yelling. So <laughs> maybe we'll get a crowd. Who knows? <laughs> well, anyway, let's roll right into it. So uh, we're going to start with the conversation with the League Cup match. So the kind of the bummer match is what we're going to start the conversation with. Uh, so uh, we were coming into this match. Um, Conte had already kind of complained about uh, how the fixture congestion in January for this competition was going to be insanity. Um, we were, um, I think we were all expecting a heavily rotated side. There was some rotation, but we didn't see a lot of the the young talent. There was no Brian Hill in this uh, uh, starting side. Uh, there was no Spence. There was no Sarb. It wasn't like a extreme rotation, but there was a little bit there with For, uh, Forrester and some some others. But uh, we came into it, and I, I think we were expecting a strong side that we're going to at least put up a fight against a, a team like Forrest, but it's not quite what we got. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Well, I, I'll give it a run to start it. I was baffled when I saw the starting lineup. I really was. I thought Conte is going to run out a really strong team, which told me one thing. Conte is here to win a cup, trophy, whatever he's got to do to be a legend at Tottenham. He's, he wants to be a legend anywhere he goes. And I really could not believe that he ran out that strong of a lineup at Forest just, just to start the match. I was like, maybe bring Kane on in the 50th and try to get a couple goals and let's get past these little bastards. But no, he ran Kane out again, again. I don't think, has Kane set a match all year? Anybody know, has he not started a match for Tottenham this year? No, I think he started no. every one. Every one. single match. I mean, that is just insanity. One. Two, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm just ranting now. That starting lineup was amazing. And for us to get that throttled in that first half, not that I'm surprised, Lucas, because you're right. I know you're about to say, but, I mean, for us to get that throttled in that first half was just mind-boggling. No, and, and I have a couple of things where <clears throat> where my mind went to, and I think the first thing I went to is I was actually kind of excited when I saw the lineup because I was like, okay, that means we're going to give it a go because I, I get the way we've been playing with this reserved, like, let's store our energy, let's kind of wait until halftime, hope we can get to nil-nil at half, and then we can kind of come out and try and break some teams down in the second half. I get why he's been doing it that way because of this fixture congestion that is this crazy World Cup year. But for me, I was like, I was excited at the, at the beginning because I was like, okay, well, that clearly means we're going to go at them. And Forrest, I think they rotated nine guys. Like, they absolutely rotated. Right, so I was like, right. okay, like, we'll see. This could be a game that we can jump on them and try and get ahead early. But 
it didn't seem like we really went at him like I would have expected us to with that lineup. And we kind of did that reserved thing again. And that's where I was like, well, if that's going to be the game plan, then why not let some of these kids get a run out? Because when are some of these guys like Saar and Hill and even uh, Spence. Spence who came in late? Like, if these guys can't play, like, what are we doing to their careers? Like, I, that's where I felt bad. Like, yeah, I want to win trophies, but I'm like... If you if you're sorry, you got to be like put me back. I was a starter in like the top league in France last year, right? And now I'm getting run out team, but yes, yeah. But it's like now he's getting run outs with like our U twenty ones. You're like no, no I think it's, it's kind of like, it's a special case because if you remember at the beginning of the season, the only reason he didn't go out low is because the Benzinger concussion, yeah, got that concussion, yeah. So so that's like the only reason, and it's kind of messed him up. But you know he's young. I'm hoping both him and Heal will go out on loan in January. Yeah, me too. In fact, I fully expect him to. If they don't, then that should raise some serious red flags. But but yeah, no, it's um that's I feel like the only thing. But yeah, you'd expect them to play here. If only to like give somebody a break. It's not not just because of the schedule we've had. It's that every game has been tough. Every game has felt like a one-score game, or we've lost by a couple, but it's been like a really, really rough game. We haven't been able to like pull away from anybody. So, so yeah, I was I was not that lineup really um, surprised me as well. I actually wasn't able to watch the game because I had work meetings, and once you saw the score, <laughs> it's like. No, no, thank you. And I saw Twitter. I was like, ooh, no thanks. I'll go back to work. That sounds much more enjoyable. So, so I did that. But, yeah, um, having Lingard do the gritty on you to get out of the League Cup is just not, it's not what you want. It's, it's, it's never what you want. <laughs> never what you want. So, so yeah, not, not a fun afternoon. Well, at the same time, I can understand why Conte would keep some of these guys on the team, even though he's not going to use them. I think – Six months of uh, training with with the first team, so they they know what he wants, and and then send them out on loan. If they don't go out on loan in the winter, then yeah, I think there's and we don't or we don't start using them. Then then yeah, I think that's a big problem. But like I can understand why, especially the guys that are just coming into the team this year, need to learn what Conte expects if they're going to be useful in the future. And then send them out on a loan to a, to a team that plays an enough similar of a style that you can. Um, um, actually, I think Leeds would be a great team to send some of these guys to, but I don't know if they really would want any of these guys. But well, no, I, I think you have a fair point there. But because uh, again, especially with this Conti system, is not some like cookie cutter system that you can be like, well, it's just like over here. It's so and so. Like it is very important for guys that are new to like actually try and acclimate themselves to what Conti expects. Look at Pasuma. This is a guy that dominated the midfield in a lot of games in the Premier League last year and has been very slow to try and like Conte, according to Conti like it's been slow going but he's making progress but he's slowly slowly learning what Conti expects of him. So it's not like something you can just slot any old system in or like just skipping between systems. So I, I do understand that argument. I just feel bad for some of these guys because if you're Brian Hill, for example, it's, it's like, so the manager trusts me to go play 40 minutes in the second half away trying to get a goal against Frankfurt in the Champions League, but I can't go play Forrest in the League Cup? Like, like, I don't always believe his excuses on that either. He always talks about physicality, and I, I honestly don't buy it. Or if he does, I think it's like... I think he's overanalyzing it too much, but this is a this is a common thing with him. It's always been like that. I remember when when Erickson went to Inter, 
The first season, Erickson was an enter under Conte. He oh, barely he played. He there was that yeah. big thing where he like came on to the 88th minute and like looked like he was absolutely miserable. And then the following season, when they run the, won the league, he was absolutely instrumental in that in that title challenge. And finally, being the team that uh, beat Juventus after all that time. So it's like that's part of it. And with Basuma, Basuma is a great example because when we first saw Basuma, you remember that West Ham game? He looked terrible. He didn't look yeah. like no know what he was doing. Brutal. And you know he's come in and a couple of these games he's looked great. I thought he looked really good in the Liverpool game. I thought he looked really good against Marseille. Um, so and then when he's been coming on, he's been like. Even even against Leeds, I guess we'll get to it. But when he came on the three five two, we're like, oh, why are we taking an attacking person off? We were able to be more attacking in that game because he came on. Benzikor and Hoy were able to push forward. So there is a method to this. It's not just like what is he doing? And I know people, especially on that right wing back position, um, are, are looking at Spence because I heard when he came on, people were really kind of impressed with his little cameo at the end there. Um, he had a nice cameo. And so hopefully this isn't like. Hopefully this isn't like a one-year. Th- hopefully this is a one-year thing where it's betting in, and we see people jump off from there. I think with heel and the physicality, that's a different circumstance. But with some of the other guys, I think we'll see them continue to jump off if, obviously, Conte stays. Well, I just wanted I wanted to say something about the loanies, and I, I think you're right. We should loan these guys out, but I don't think we can. If you look down the line at everybody who we have loaned out right now, everybody's injured. I mean, literally everybody's going. <laughs> it's such a good point. And then yeah. Dane Scarlett is the only guy who's not. And we said, no, 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 you can't play in the cup game. Um, and so, you know, like literally everybody's hurt. Winks is even hurt. I mean, everybody's down. So I don't, I'm not sure we're going to put in these guys. But Basuma's an interesting thing. I wonder if Basuma's not – his endurance, I don't know if he's been running this hard in practices that Conte's been pushing him. I mean – Remember that practice in Seoul where everybody was like literally dying? Like <laughs> yeah, Basuma like, was like Doherty almost had a heart. Basuma, I think he had COVID or something. Didn't he stay back? Yeah. I can't remember exactly. I think that's when, right. Yeah, but like he I, I, I just don't think he's been at pace for Basuma. I think we're going to see a second half Basuma. That's going to be a big, big deal. What do you I think. Anthony? I think that the, with Basuma it has more to do with freedom. Like it, when when he played for Brighton, he had the freedom to to play his game the way he wanted to. If if you wanted to try and dribble through three guys, he could try and dribble through three guys. But Conte has very specific expectations about what he wants out of his role, and I think that's where the adjustment's been for him. It's not about fitness. It's not about. I mean, he did have COVID or whatever. I think there was early on fitness, but I think. Uh, later on how why it's taken so long for him to adjust is he really needs to learn that discipline of the system that Conte expects and um, you, and you could see it in 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 the game by game situation with him because he looked hesitant he looked hesitant in his actions he would be passing the ball back a lot and i've noticed in the last 3 or 4 weeks he seems more confident in turning and moving up field which is what we saw in Brighton that was so yeah. great and you're seeing that and it's it's i think it's been a huge boost to how we can play yeah, and, and and I think as far as the Basuma thing goes, I, it, it is just it, I think you can tie it even back into like the Ericsson example from Inter with Conti is Conti. It's it's very like sometimes you don't get to just go play free flowing, express yourself football. Sometimes he needs you. His eleven needs to be a well oiled machine, and each part needs to be doing or each guy needs to be doing their part for it to work. So sometimes your job might be to just come in and go, I need you to run from point A to point B and just do that continuously. And if you're the player, you're thinking, well, every time I get the ball, I want to go just do what feels right to me or whatever. And he's like, I don't need you to do that because I have nine I'm thinking nineteen steps ahead of that and I have if if everyone does what I tell them to do. It will work. And that's what we've seen. That's why he's literally won trophies everywhere he goes. 
So it, 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 it's sometimes it's weird for a player who's been playing their entire lives playing a, you know what, I get the ball in this situation, this is what my instincts tell me to do. And now Conti's telling you, you know what, I actually need you to just do this. Don't overthink it. Just do exactly what I tell you to do. And I think that's what Basuma we've seen as he's kind of been learning and learning as he's been getting more minutes. I think Conti's trusting him more and more. But real quick, to go back to the Spence thing, with the Spence cameo, I just I thought he looked really good in this cameo he role. He looked very quick. But the the only downside is I would love for him to have gotten like a start so we can see what he looks like. We know what it's like when he comes in and you're down two nil. His job is to go bomb forward and try and get chances. And you're like, okay, but how does he react if it was like say Leeds? I'm not saying we start him against Leeds, but actually we'll get to that. But it's like there's. I would love to see him get some actual game time where it's not just, well, we're either up 2-0, because the only times he's come in against, both times against his old club, Forest have been we were either up 2-0 or down 2-0. So it's like, I would love to see him be involved in, get put in situations that will maybe give us a little bit of a clue as to us as the supporters, give us, because Conti knows where he's at, but I would love to see, Give us a look to see where he's actually at in certain of some of these like actual in-game situations. Yeah, because I think his biggest problem that we're seeing right now is he doesn't have that. He doesn't seem to have that coordination with other players. Like, remember that pa- that stray pass that he made and Kulishevsky was not running. Okay. Like he. He, but he had some amazing dribbles. He had some... Uh, and that's like, all stuff that like, comes with time and experience yeah. and, and repetition. Trust. And I don't yeah. think Conti has it with him yet. And he'll yeah. say that again and again. And it's, and it's... You can tell he's frustrated by it. Not by Spence, but just by the media no. being focused on this one thing. That like he's, He knows in his mind, I think, when a player is going to be ready and when they're not. And because he can see it day in, day out. So when people keep asking about it, including us, because we really want to see it because of the situation... Um, at our wing back, but he just doesn't feel the same way. And, you know, he's always going to value kind of defensive work. And if he doesn't think a guy's up to a defensively, he's not going to put him in. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that Spence is actually ready defensively, to be totally honest with you. But what I did take away from that Spence game was, or that Spence 25 minutes, was he's very quick, he's good on his feet, and he's fast, and he was direct. I wonder, does Conte not only think he's not ready defensively, but does he – do he – Put a ball in. I don't remember Spence putting a ball in. It's something that he doesn't. It's not as good as some of his. He games did actually put one. His, his, yeah, one crossing, his big thing yeah. is arriving at the back post and actually trying to run past his man. He's not going to be Perisic in terms of like right. actually. Right. He's not going to have that skill. In. No one's yeah, asking. That's not his that. go-to. But but what he is good at, his attacking instincts are phenomenal. Oh, they're mm-hmm. great, and he was he was flying, and it was it was fun to watch. Um, like I said, I just don't think he's going to have that ability right now to, p- to put put the ball in. But we don't have it with Emerson either. I mean, Emerson. He can put the ball in, I guess, at a, at a decent rate. And every now and then he gets a nice ball, but it's every now and then. Emerson's got yeah. some touch. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, but like, so that's the thing is if you're not able to actually deliver in a really pretty cross and hit, put it right on somebody's noggin, if you're not able to do that, you'll do what we saw like Kulachevsky against Leeds. When you actually run past your man, beat him, and then run into the box, all you have to literally do is just slide it over three yards to an attacker or, like, Benticor. It, it just becomes tapped There's in two city. of us there. Yeah, it, it, if you can it. beat your guy and then come down the end line, which is what Spence is one of his main things is. He's going to be able to do that. I had a different question, though, about this game was, I know we talked about some of these guys that we would love to have seen get minutes. What do you think right now if you're Tanganga? Like, would you... 
I mean, if you're him, what are you thinking? Like, are, are you saying loan me out or well, he, give we, me? Well, we tried. He denied it. I mean, yeah. Did he what? deny the loan? I don't know. I can't remember that, but it's not like – I mean, there were rumors with him coming out. Because it – I think it – Wasn't there like an Italian club or somebody? That, who or was something. it? Was I think it, it was another situation where didn't we have like – Was it inner or AC or somebody? We have like another or? situation where I think someone it was didn't get – Someone got hurt early and we couldn't play. Oh, it was Davies, wasn't it? Yeah. It was ben Davies wasn't fit at the beginning of the season, so we were down a center back. Yeah. I think that might have been it. Or was it Dyer? It was one of them. It was, an, it was, it was ben, one of those yeah. weird things. Again, another guy I'd like to see loaned out as long as we have enough homegrown spots. Yeah. yeah I just I, I felt bad for him because I, I thought I woke up that day. I was, I, know, that's I, was, I, feel like. I was just like, man, I, there's going to be a lot of guys getting a real run out today. And I love when we see that. Now, I, I like – a little bit of like continuity in the squad when we throw out our starting eleven because we have seen us go like lose per se. Oh Jesus, what was it? Uh, Colchester. We lost to Colchester, who was in like <laughs> League Two because oh, yeah, was we brutal. threw out the most just heinous random starting eleven with Deli Ali as our like our striker up front. Yep. Like it was chaos, and they were just like, "Well, we have a regular starting eleven, and that proved to be better." <laughs> so it was like. I, I do like a little bit of continuity, but I was really hoping to see a lot of no, these guys get a run out. We absolutely should have, yeah. I think. And I think he was um, one of the big ones. Tanganga, I think the, on, I the only would... saving grace for me is that is that there's way too fucking many games, and yeah. I'm fine with not this one. Yeah. If, you look, if you look how the league went, no team in London won. All right. the oh, London teams are that, out. I, I think, to me, that's the part, because you're 100% right, where I, I was like, you know what? Good. Like, less games in this crazy, fucked-up season – with the World Cup in the middle of it, like mm-hmm. less games actually might be more beneficial to us. But at the same time, I was like, there were a lot of heavy hitters that went out in this round, and I was like, oh, God. if I, I swear to God, if it ends up being like Blackburn versus like Wolves, I mean, if it ends up being some yeah, randos, game. if it ends up being a couple of randos in the final, I'm gonna snap and just be like, son of a nah. bitch, <laughs> I, it we had it. A League <laughs> Cup to me is the one that. Does not resonate to me because that's the last two trophies we have run. Yeah. Even though it's been a while, those are the ones the least valued in England. It would be not. It'd be a fun day. It'd be nice. Yeah. Is it really going to stop people from saying, "Oh, you're still you're still Tottenham"? No, no, it won't. So, and I would feel weird using, "Oh, see, we got this League Cup" as like the thing <laughs> to be like, "Yeah, we're a big deal now." No, I mean that's. It's, say, it's not really it. So Tommy and I so, have yeah. our we have our 2008 no. Carling Cup winning scarf. I have a 2022 League Cup champions. Nah. I have Come my on. 2008 <laughs> Carling Cup winning scarf above our fireplace. Oh, so you have a banner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was there. I'm like, yeah. literally. That was that was a that was a great day. Out, Again, so. great day. But now we've got to be looking for. So obviously, I mean, Up for me Woodgate. personally, and people are gonna hate this. A Champions League final losing is ten thousand times better than winning a League Cup. Um. So for me. Oh yeah, I agree with that. 100%. As far as that journey and the games we played and won on that kind of thing, I take that over uh, anything else. The, yeah, I'm with you on that. To go back to the Force game real quick, I thought I thought Forrester played really, really well. I mean, and, and I thought we had a lot of chances. I mean, we had, what, two or three off the bar, off the post. Um, yeah, and I thought – and Forrester had a lot of really important saves. I thought he that – He did. It's just it, – it's one of those where he kind of just got thrown under the bus where with with the way we set up, we were set up to do what we've been doing a lot of in that first half. I think it was within 40 minutes. I think it was. I think it took like 40 minutes or so before we actually had our first shot on target. And right, it just was. It just. I. I yeah. Again, I think the theme for me in this game is just feeling bad for some of our players. And Forster's one of them. He finally gets a run out, and he is of the caliber, by the way. That there's no reason that he shouldn't be 
it's not starting like, more games. It's not like Hugo's distribution or something is. No, I'm not saying he should be starting every game, but like there is absolutely a game where you could just give Hugo an old rest and say, you know what, it's Bournemouth. Like maybe we let Force. This is Forster's a guy that was starting in a Premier League team last year and held held several teams to like clean sheets because of his just him standing on his head like the Arsenal game like when he played for Southampton at the Emirates last year and had like more saves than a Tim Kroll game I mean we're like, pointing that out but that I mean that's a great comparison because Tim Kroll can do a game like that and just be bang average the rest of the season he won't think anything of him and exactly and that's why I'm not suggesting that he gets regular minutes just if if Hugo's been kind of suspect like after maybe just and again, this this isn't me taking a dig at Hugo because Hugo has been a legend and he is he is great at what he is, but maybe just for for a, like a game like after uh, after the Newcastle game where he had a couple of mistakes that cost us, maybe the threat of having Forster or something, maybe he gets the next start against. Uh, I don't even remember what the next game was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Champions League, so probably would not not that one. But, but, but somewhere along the line, like give Forster a run out, just so that you don't have that lax, I'm comfortable, I'm untouchable mentality, which is what we saw from Sun. Honestly, it took, it took Sun getting a bench to actually come out. I think and have it's a how, an outfield player is a different situation. I usually think like the, the, there's more rotation required for an outfield player in general. Yeah. Anyway, I think we have a clear cut situation where Hugo Lloris is going to be our number one unless we see a dismal form. And what's going on right now, it's not great, but it's not dismal either. So I, I just don't see a way Hugo gets supplanted, especially if we continue to be in the top four. Um, I think Frazier Forster knew what he was getting into coming in on this. I think he'll start in the FA Cup when we do that. And if we get on a run, then he can play there. But other than that, he's only getting in if Hugo's injured or if he gets another DUI. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a good point. Hey, it's a World Cup season. That was and speaking of Hugo, honestly, I'm not in a big Hugo mood ev- uh, at all because his statement today about, uh, about the captain arm bad in Qatar really did not resonate with me in any way, shape, or form. Um, he, he said basically, um, if you're going to their country, you play by their rules. Short. I mean, that's basically. He's what trying said. to be. He's trying to be uh, apolitical, right? In a in a place where the default setting should be political, in my opinion, and yeah. against that that regime and what they do over there. Again, personal opinion. Um, but that's why you listen to this podcast to hear us say our personal opinions. So you're gonna have to deal with it. Hugo, you <laughs> fucked up big time, and I'm looking forward to replacing you when the time comes. Well, and let's Bring uh, back form. we can, we can circle back to that in the second half when we talk about the World Cup. I think, but let's um, let's do a, a quick speed round of MVP LVP for this one because uh, we're running long already, and we still have to uh, one more game to talk about this half. So let's start with Lucas first for MVP. Honestly, I would have to just give it to. I would just probably say Spence just for just for the cameo because there's there's no player that really impressed me. There's no one that I thought was the most valuable. So I'm like, I'll give it to Spence. Just his effort was there. His popping in just came in, ran around for 20 minutes. Like it's worth seeing. Sorry, it's fun uh, to see. I really thought Perisic had a great game. We didn't really get into it, but he was all over the that box. He had three chances. Oh, yeah. I think two off the bar. I mean, we, that game could have gone very differently if it would have fallen our way, but I thought he had a really fantastic game, to be honest with you. No, that's a, that's a good show. Uh, Nate? Um, I didn't get to watch, so I'm going to go not applicable. Okay. Yeah. Incomplete. I failed on Fair. my homework, guys. I'm uh, sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't say Kuliszewski. I don't think Kuliszewski looked that great in this game. Like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about leads later, but, um, you know, I, I think I'm going to agree with Cy on this one. Uh, um, as much as I want to give it to a guy like Spence, but just 20 minutes, not enough to for me to give it to him. Um, yeah, I'll go with Perisic. Uh, uh, LVP, Lucas. This is, again, just splitting hairs because I, I thought a lot of guys were poor. but And, and I feel like this is harsh, but I'm going to give it to Basuma just because I'm like, what I've come to see like, and what we were able to see against like Leicester or even this week against Leeds, like I, I just had a lot of high hopes. And it just seemed like a very nonchalant performance in a game where I would love for him to just come out and boss. So I'm like. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry. I'm actually with you. I was going to go Basuma as well when we were talking about him earlier. I, I thought he was not to be seen, to be honest yeah. with you. I just, he was a ghost in that game for me. Yeah, uh, you, you don't have anybody, of course, Nate. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough not LVP to give it to is Tottenham for making me yeah, want to do 100%. my work in the day more than watch the game. <laughs> uh it's tough not to give it to one of the defenders. Uh, I mean, like they were, they they kind of left uh, Forrester out to dry here. So, uh, uh, yeah, you pick. I'll, I'll give it to the whole defense. Just give me <laughs> defense. Yeah. I get um, it. But um, let's uh, move the conversation along. So um, we hit the weekend. Um, we're going into the wor- the World Cup after this match. It's our last fixture. It's against a team that's pretty attacking in Leeds. And I think we're we're coming out with a, like uh, a feeling that we really need to to play hard here. I think none of us wanna wanted to go um, into this World Cup break with a uh, with a loss on our hands, and we'd have to digest that for like a month and a half. Um, and I think we've got ended up getting. I probably wouldn't have signed up for this game. But I think we ended up getting an exciting match to watch to take with us through, through this World Cup break. So let's talk about this, uh, uh, how this all went down. That was fun, wasn't it? Heck it was yeah. a lot of fun. I mean, it was a hell of a fun game. I mean, through the neutral, which is the thing that's always said, of course. But just in general, um, I thought, um, yeah, you know, we need something like that, especially an offensive output. And it wasn't just like a late st- – and, and even though it kind of felt like that at times, I really don't think it was one of the usual ways we've been winning these one-goal games where it's like we were absolute dog shit for a single half and then came back and won the game on a late kind of score to like go past the skin of our teeth. I thought throughout the game we looked aggressive and were attacking and looked a threat. Um, I remember the, there was like – they kept flashing the statistics during the, um, during the telecast about <laughs> how many touches we had inside their box. Um, wait, wait. And sixty-six um, percent chance of winning. Yeah, and it was oh, those, oh God, that, that just <laughs> oh my, don't get me started on those. Nate yeah. called it immediately. Oh like, my Spurs God, sixty-six percent. He looks right at me. He's like, I fucking hate this stat. I, I go, hate. I go. All it's going to take so is one much. dumb mistake for us, and that's right. going to be a and different it just number. Totally flips Ten everything on its later. head. It's uh, it just it just drives me crazy. But I think a lot of their goals. I don't want to say fluky because they did hit us in the counter, and there were a couple of mistakes. But like. If you look at like that second goal they hit where the ball doesn't even touch the ground off the corner, which, fantastic first of finish. all, wild as hell, by the way. Kind of reminds me of that highlight you'll see of, I think it's uh, Glenn Hoddle had a goal like that against Manchester United where it was like coming off a goal kick and like there's a three or four hits up <laughs> headers and kicks and stuff like that, and then he just volleys it in. It's a really cool goal if you look it up. Uh, but, but it was very much vi- uh, a game where I thought, 
one of our better attacking performances throughout the game, maybe since the first game against Southampton. So I was really impressed with that. And I think I'm coming away with that a lot more positive and maybe than some others because a win is a win. And now we get a whole month. We're in fourth place at the break. But yeah, I was kind of like, okay, Kulisevsky's back. We look like a proper team. Well, and, and I, I'm going to agree with you here because I, I think one of the things, so I think this was, there are a few things that are problematic. And you look at, I think this is, we've, in our last eight games, we've conceded first in the last eight games. That That's we've wild. Back, which is insane. And in those eight games, we have not scored in the first half in those eight games, which is, again, insane. Like, with somebody with our attacking prowess, like, you would think that we would just luck our way into, like, we scored in the 25th minute. Oh, I mean, th before this game. Oh, okay. I'm saying before this game. Oh, okay. Our last eight before that, I think it was Everton was the last time before this week Damn. that we had scored in the first half. And so it's like there, there's a lot that you're just like you want to unpack that. But I, I think to your point, it, it did – the way we've been playing has frustrated the living hell out of me because it's that like, well, we're going to conserve energy. And when that happens – yeah, you, again, like I said, like I understand where Conte's coming from, but I'm like, it doesn't make it any less fucking excruciating yeah. to watch. I'm like, it's <laughs> fucking awful. And you're just going insane watching it. So this wasn't that. This felt very... Because nor was Newcastle. Newcastle wasn't that either. No, that's we a good point. We actually went at Newcastle, and then just two absolute blunders from Hugo. And it's been like and, that. And it was just and like... It was kind of like that against Liverpool, too. Yeah, it's just... So that's the thing is like that's what this felt like in the first ten minutes because I'm like ten minutes in I'm like okay we're giving them the business like this is what we this is what I want to see like it doesn't seem like we're gonna just take it take it into halftime nil nil like as like we're hoping to it really looked like we were gonna try and bring the game to them and then just a couple of just horrific just at the back like we just have. And that's what it was the whole game, is we'd have a horrific mistake at the back, and then we'd work our way back into it, equalize, can take the game by the scruff of the neck, get back into it, start bringing the game to them, and then it'd be like, and then we do it again. Yeah. Like, Son of a bitch! It, it was like, it was the most... So yes, as Nate said, like as a neutral, you had to just be like, wow, what a game. But for me, I was like, I was tearing my hair out. I was like, jeez, can we just stop making dumb mistakes? But again, if that's the, if that's the alternative as opposed to us, if we're going to lose because we sat back and did nothing, I'm going to go insane. Hell yeah. Ozzie at Ozzie least, at ball, least we had the odd, like, the odd dumb mistake is what fucked us, but we actually brought the game to them, and that was a very new thing, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that we were able to actually come back at the end, because the players seemed like they were on track for that the entire game. Well, and I think Nate touched on one of the big differences here, and that's Decky being back, and being back, and I think finally fully fit enough to play play a match um and and let's go to a question that we have on him so uh shubes asks us is decky becoming a vital uh, becoming vital to making us tick as musa Dembele was and does his combination of size skill and work rate make him as di as difficult to find cover for that's a weird as hell comparison because they're totally different players um in position in a way that they affect the squad though i could see the similarity because you guys remember during the Pach era when Dembele was out, we'd sometimes feel a bit lost and not really know how to like retain possession and kind of move it through the through the midfield and stuff like that. With Kulu though, it's much more of a direct threat and just interplay in the final third. That is is just such a huge difference. And the thing about Kulusevski is 
I don't even know if it's sunk in for us who get to watch him week in week out and value him very highly how good this guy is and can be. I mean, you look at the stats and about the expect, expected assists. He's like third in the league in expected assists, right, with De Bruyne. So, like, that's that's the guy. He's that, on the chart despite being uh, – Yeah, he'll be the, gone for so yeah, long. Yeah. I mean, this dude, every time he plays, he seems like he gets an assist. It's wild. He had one in his cameo against Liverpool, had one yesterday. You know, he just makes the team tick. He is a talismanic player already, which – no one really – I think just because he's not been around so long and then having this long-term injury, it hasn't really kind of really sunk into a lot of people. We know he's really good. I'm saying he could be world-class if not he is already just because he comes in and he's a guy that makes the team functional. I mean, makes the team attitude. all of a sudden raises it up to like when he's on playing like that, you think we can beat anybody. And that's the kind of – that's the, those are the kind of players that – put you into that next level that we've been dying to be in for years and years and years and it's him and it, honestly it's Benzacore as well with his recent run of form and seeing those guys go from Juve rejects to being crucial focal points of our team while Juve just missed out on Champions League is the icing on the cake well and just a real fast like in the comparison to Musa Dembele like th- there were times when Musa Dembele was hurt for extended periods of time and we were still playing really well as a team like we, we if you look at the results uh, our results yeah, were, ju- I, were just as good, if not better, at times without him in the team. Like the I think you might think about like 2018. I'm talking yeah, about like I would 2015 say to, shoot, to, to this question, yeah. I would say the better comparison might be with Erickson. Because when it, maybe during, during, yeah. the Poch, during the Poch era, I think Erickson missed like three games in total during the yeah. Poch era. In all three of those games, every time anyone got the ball, they had no clue what they were supposed <laughs> to do. It was the most. I remember one of them was like Southampton away and like. In the rain, it, it was just a shit show. Everyone's like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you need the ball? Like, I, do, do you make the run? Like, nobody knew what to do. I'm like, with Kulu, it, he has become, like Nate said, the word talismanic player. I'm like, I think that's such a good way to describe him because I'm like, he, it, it just, we look, it's night and day how we look. He did, he did about like four or five things running past his defender or just taking them on, which created a new person running down the channel or he ran down the channel or was able to slip the ball out even to Royale like who was able to make a couple of nice plays Royale had some yes nice plays down the like attacking third it's what he's able to create he did it like four or five times within like the first half and I was like I haven't seen this I haven't seen anything of that caliber in the last month and a half right it's just like what he's he is like Nate used the word world class I'm like it, it is uh, like everyone, that's always a debate I mean, th- what world class means. But my God, to me, that felt world class because I haven't seen it for six weeks, and it is so. It opens up opportunities for the rest of our players who are pretty good. <laughs> the, we have a world class player or two. It opens up opportunities for them to be world class. So what he's able to do is just been. You just watch him for twenty minutes, and you're like, this has been such. We've missed this in such a big way. We've been filibustering size. Let's no, go. That's, that's, it's totally fine. I mean, I love listening to you guys talk. I mean, I think the most important thing is that. Well, I'm going to rewind for a quick second. We've been very, very injured. I mean, he's been injured. Rickarlson's been injured. Son's been gone. We're struggling to find goals. Kane sitting in the middle. He's he's trying to create. We were expecting him to score goals. It's very difficult. It's been very nice this last game against Leeds to have Decky back because he's playing in his position. 
He's playing. He's a right winger. He's phenomenal at it, and he's able to create. Rickarlson's kind of been bounced around. Yeah, he's a two-footed player, but like everybody likes to play on their. This was the favorite first time side. Richarlison's on the left. This is his favorite he's, side, and he's right. always going to be second to Son. Exactly, always going to be second to Son. When Peristic, we like we want to play Sessignon, and then we're like, shit, we got to do something about the right wing back. He keeps putting, <laughs> and then he puts, Son, and then he puts Sessignon on the right, and Peristic on the left because he's a better left-footed player, and we we kind of been jumbled around for like a good like four or five weeks trying to figure out what the fuck to do with all these injuries. So I don't blame Conte for like being like, what am I going to do? Am I going to start Emerson? I mean, he's reliable. Is he reliable in the back third? Absolutely fucking not. I mean, you can ask Rick that question. He'll probably die. Well, that's um, a, oh, I, Nate, I will come onto that before we we'll, end we'll, the we'll get it. We'll get into like, that, there too. There is something I want to say about but, that. But um, I, I really think that having Decky play the right side, the side he plays on, having his continuity with Bentecourt, Having link up play with Harry Kane, that triangle has just been absolutely phenomenal, and you could, you saw it happen in that second half. Well, and it, again, or again, to me, it speaks to the level in which, like how good Kulichevsky is. Everyone loves because yes, Emerson Royale, spoilers will be my LVP when we call it up. But to me, it's like everyone loves to like praise Doherty because it's like Doherty's not Royale, and. Yes, Conti favored Doherty over Royale before he got injured against Villa last year. That being said, that being said, it wasn't as if Doherty just magically got good. Like, what do you think the missing piece was? All of a sudden, Decky gets there, and now Doherty's <laughs> like, wow, what a great right wing back. It's like, no, it's because Decky's doing 90% of his job for him. Right. And that's what you see. It's like, he's making runs that is point. supposed to be the right wing back's job, and Decky's like, don't worry, no bother, I'll take care of it. I'll find Son and Kane. You just stand back here and just probably get out of the way. And so that's kind of where it's like when everyone's – it just – again, it's it speaks to how good of a player Kulichewski is. Is He's doing like – he's doing three different roles in one, and he's just – he's doing them all to a really high level. He is, and <laughs> he's 22, really impressive. 23 yeah. or something? Yeah, 22, he's, I think. And we look he's at some incredible. of our center backs and we're like, we have, we have one role for you today. Please don't screw it up. And then we look at Decky. We're like, we have four roles for you today. Please be ninety-five like, no percent. Yeah. Please this. be an A plus at every one of those roles. And he's exactly. like, yeah, I got it. No bother. So <laughs> it, it is just—it's incredible. This is how incredible Decky is. Bentecourt had two goals in this match, and and we're only talking about Decky. Yeah, no, exactly. no, and I don't want to. I, I I'm, thank you for bringing him up because Bentecourt has been on a hell of a run recently. Absolutely. Um, and we've always been asking. Where's gonna be? Where's another score gonna come from if Son and Kane aren't hitting them in? And Benzikor has been like, "Yo, I'm right here. I got this." And you know, it, we go back to Basuma again, where he comes in. Benzikor and Hoybier get a little bit more freedom, especially Benzikor, who has also been kind of our focal point to press from the front. You'll see him making those runs in deep to go right at the goalkeeper. It's how we got the goal against Leicester City, and so he's thriving right now in this. He he still has that bad habit of turning the ball over a little bit in the bad position. He's not perfect. But the positives and the attacking threat he brings is something, one, I did not know he had in his game when we signed him. I thought he'd be a progressive ball carrier, and then we'd move the ball forward. Well, I, he, he didn't, because I don't think he scored many goals ball, at Juventus at all. I think, didn't he have two goals in his whole Juventus well, career? I think to, He's to, got three for Tottenham in the last To the matches. point was, this is my favorite comparison, is, yes, and I, I think it's, for, it's terms like him being a goal scorer, just the confidence level, 
if you look at the first goal that we scored against Norwich last year, when he was literally walking it into the net mm-hmm. and had no idea what to do and just panicked and just threw it out to Kulichevsky, that was like, the f- what's big? Yeah, he was like, he was like <laughs> you could have walked it in. And he just was like, no. <laughs> He's like, no, you do it. And like freaked out. And like Kulichevsky's like, okay, fine. Like, I'll take care of it. But Jesus, like, you could have walked the fucking thing in. And that's where you see now he's like, it's a completely different player from that guy that was afraid to walk in a ball against yeah. Norwich. That's now like you're looking at him taking some of these chances and like the, again the Nate like Nate just brought up the Lester one like that was he robbed the ball off somebody like Indeed. at at midfield and then just was like fuck it I'm running this in and having a crack one on one with the keeper and crack just... from right outside yep. the box like that is that is a new level of confidence and the more we see guys like this. Stepping up and because again we have multiple goals from Hoybear this year. Ben Davis is having a crack, even though I don't think it will be awarded to him. I think it was called an own goal. Was it an own but, goal? I hope not. I think, it but it's I is. hope not. But we always wondered. We were like, where are some of these? Like, if it can't be Son and Kane, like, where are these goals going to come from? Boom. Dyer has multiple. And it's not Richarlison either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We signed to that guy. He still hasn't scored in the league. Has yet to score a Premier League goal. So we're seeing some of these guys get some confidence and step up, and it's it's. It's great, and it's made a fucking absolute shit show out of us and our predictions because not one of us has predicted a right score because we keep being like, oh, goal from Son and Kane, and Spurs are like, no, it's actually going to be goals from Benton Core and Hoybeer and Ben Davis, and you're like, well, shit, didn't see that one coming, but uh, it's going to be Langley and Kane. You're like, well, there's <laughs> well, a surprise. And at, the, at the start of the season, we actually had a conversation, and I don't remember what the number was, but there was like a number set of like, this is how many goals we're going to need if we're going to challenge for the league. And and estimating what Kane and Son would give us and maybe Richarlson, we were like, where are the rest of them going to come from? Because uh, we, we haven't been getting goals from other positions. And now all of a sudden we have Hoy BR scoring. We have, we have uh, uh, Bentoncourt scoring. And I think we now know where those goals are going to come from. And that's, well, I'm cu- that's I'm really to nice to see. Was it last season that December 7th we were in the top of the league? How many oh, po- no, that was, uh, was, was that two Marine, seasons ago? Marino that was season. Yeah. Marino season. But how many points did we have in that when we were at the top of the league? It just feels like this season there's been a lot. There's been a hard yeah. run out of teams are scoring a lot of goals. and there's that, Arsenal's got like an, a, a well, crazy ask, amount of points right now. I would ask how many goals off corners did we have at that point? <laughs> Probably <laughs> Maybe none. One. Yeah. It's like, we have 10 this year. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I mean, that's got to be the most in the, in the last decade. What, in an, season. What, yeah, what an asset. Like I feel like we're West Brom from like a few years back when they had Fernando Llorente. It's like... That's all they could do. To Swansea, but yes. Oh, yeah. It's like, Jesus. Sigurdsson to the Rente, yeah. Uh, it's just, that one it was it, – it's very – I feel like we have a lot of options right now, and we haven't been playing. I don't feel like we've gotten out of second or third Yeah, I know. I agree with And you. that's something that, yes, there's a lot of negativity because, like I said, watching us play that strategy of, like, conserve energy, get to halftime is excruciating. But – if we look at the bigger picture, it's like, I think that was always going to happen because Conti was like, this is the way that we're going to get through this crazy first half of a season. And I think that he knows we're going to get some reinforcements in, in January. I think I saw him and Paratici have already started like their like wish li- their Christmas wish list, if you will, that they're going to probably be zoned in on to try and get guys in. And so I, I think that we'll have we'll have the... I think we'll have like the reinforcements, but we'll have this mentality that Conti's put in us, which is the same reason that we were able to come back. I know it was Bournemouth, and I know it was Leeds, but it's we, we just we don't hey, seem to. Liverpool have this, didn't come back against Leeds. Yeah, it, it's like we don't have this like again. 
well, I'll use Bentoncourt as my example because Bentoncourt didn't have a great first half. There was about a 15-minute stretch right before halftime where he didn't complete a single pass. Yeah. He was a nightmare. But S- some he people never were let it get to, uh, to sub him. Yeah. Oh, I, I, when, uh, <laughs> God, when, I, I thought he was going to get subbed off. And, but well, he had a yellow card as well. True, I, t- I, turned right. Nate, yeah. I turned to Nate and I said card. they should sub him off. And he's like, Nate's like, no, no, you can't sub him off. And then like the next 15 minutes, well, especially not two goals. Now he's so. going <laughs> to miss the game on Stevens Day against Brentford but, or Boxing Day. But Stevens Day. That's it. Sorry. Um, it's – St. Stephen's Day. Um, anyway, he'll oh, miss that. Oh, is that the that. same day? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. It's, he'll miss that, but it's that mentality that Conti's put into these guys where it's like, okay, look, you didn't have a good first half. You could still have goals in the 82nd, 84th minute. Like, who knows? Like, keep working. Sessignon had a game like that against Bournemouth, remember, where it was, like, terrible, and then all of a sudden he got behind the defense yeah. score and kind of <laughs> got us back just, in it. And all it took was a nice through ball from Hoybear. So mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, I, I love that mentality that Conti's put in us. So I get that. Like, if you think that this is Conti's like strategy and this is how he wants to play football and will for the remainder of his time at Tottenham, is that we're just gonna throw in the towel for forty-five minutes? Like, that's not how it is. Yeah, that's something that we've had to do to because try and, of the congestion. Yeah, to try and get through this maniac and crazy. Some first of half it, of I season. think, is Conti doesn't. Trust yeah. his, his whole squad. Which, which again, it's and, like, and that might be a bit of like, a question about whether that's uh, valid or not. But but it but, takes time. But uh, I, I don't trust half these guys either. If, so, if, like, if you're only going to use the the certain players, or you only trust the certain players to play your system, then yeah, you can't go have your foot in the gas the whole game like a Pochettino would, or else they're going to be exhausted by Christmas or be we, dead in their career by the age of 25, like Daly Alley. Yeah. yeah. Well, true, but we, you know, as fans, we've been whining for what? As Spurs fans, we've been whining for about five, six, seven years now about how our depth has just been dog shit, and this is the deepest team we've had in years. I mean, by far the deepest team we've had in years. So, I mean, we're sitting here and we're going. We got a bunch of guys who come off the bench. Yeah, we're banged up everywhere, but. Once this World Cup comes back, we're all gonna be healthy, Lucas. Everybody's coming back healthy. You know that's gonna happen. Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna run <laughs> back in January. <laughs> we uh, we should be good. Now, like, I, I guess the question is, let's let's address the the problem in the room when it comes to us as Spurs fans in this particular bar, because these are our views as this club, and a lot of us are at you know at each other's throats about our thoughts on what's happening, and the and the, the it's all about Emerson. Like everybody's all about. I think we got to go there, Nate. I think we got to talk about. We should go there. We, we got yeah. to talk about what's happening. Or we can Nate, just talk about Ben Davis. He had a great game. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We, we, we'll always listen, talk about I Ben Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go so there. Right? I'm going to go there. I think Nate made a great call right in the middle of the bar because people were getting on Emerson, and he was mm. like, "Fucking support your players, no matter what. You, like, you cannot get down on them during the match." And Nate, I, I, obviously, first. I'm going to let Nate go first in this because it was it was he was starting it. But I do believe. That just because Emerson is not playing incredibly well in this formation, because he's not a right wing back, we all know that going in. So just because that's the case, we got to talk about bashing and how we can be behind our players. Nate, you can get into it, man. Well, it, it, I mean, if there's a difference between us doing it at the bar on a TV, I mean, and then was, but the problem he was, was, he was booed too. And he was booed it happened in the, in the stadium. Right, it's yeah, happening in the stadium, and it's well. not. And being booed off sub is one thing ironically jeered throughout the game like he was is unacceptable to me. I don't care how bad of a game he's having. I don't care if he's Ali Dia and he faked his way to get here and he's not really who he says he is. When he's playing for the team, 
you can't be doing that because it's not going to do anything good. It's not going to make him play better. Right. It's not going to make the team play better. It's not going to make the crowd cheer better. It's just going to be compounding misery. And it's compounding misery for the people around you. It's compounding misery for yourself. It's compounding misery for the team. And it's just not productive. I mean, if you're going to go in that game watching him every touch and being mad about it, you're going to make yourself insane. Like, we know he's shit. Here, me saying it. I know he's shit. When I come to the bar, though, I hope to God he plays well. Because you know he's when, starting. And, like, <laughs> and, and, I, and I say that. It's like, yeah. And it's not even his fault he's starting. If he no, keeps getting picked, that's, he's got to go out He's got to play. play. Yeah. The, and see, it's not like – and here's the thing. Like, that's the buzzword I prefer – and, and, you know, hate on me off for one of this. Emerson goes out there, and he does give a shit. He might not be a good shit, but he does give he a shit. He absolutely gives a shit. I will never fault a player like Emerson – like I did in Dombele. You get you get booed. There's a very few times where I'm like, it's okay to boo someone. He has never checked one of those boxes. Yet. Right. And it's all about effort. Do you go out there and care? It's the same thing with Harry Winks. People used to like freak out about Harry Winks. Harry Winks didn't... He can't control the fact that he's not good enough to play at Spurs. It's not his fault. Right. Like, he's literally, every time he goes out there, he's giving an absolute effort. And that's the whole thing is that's what every time Royale is on the pitch, he is giving everything he has. Now, every time he gets the ball, does my heart fall to the just bottom of my stomach? Yes, because I'm like, oh, crap, this is going to be a wasted opportunity because I know he's not good enough. But, like, that is no excuse to abuse a player. Like, if you abuse, if he walks out like Nate used in Dombele, when I see from a player that you just are mentally checked out and you don't care and you're not going to represent our badge on the shirt, like, then go fuck off. Then I will boo you. But there's, there's no reason. Like, look, we can all be bummed when Royale gets the ball out on the wing. In your head, you can just be like, oh, crap, this probably isn't going to end well. But that's fine. You like, know leave what? Leave it there. Laugh. It's not, it's not his fault. while it does. It's, laugh. But it's, yeah, laugh it's, at it. But laugh at him even. When he skied that ball, I fell to the ground laughing. (laughs) Because it was just so freaking funny. It's like it was like this brilliant move of one touch passing and intricate play and people making the right runs, which we've been not seeing all season. And then it falls to Emerson in the perfect place and he hits it to fucking Mars and I just died. But imagine being imagine being him so funny. Imagine being him and you were brought in to play under Nuno as a fullback and you're like, cool. And then within like seven weeks, it's like, actually now you're playing under one of the best managers in the world. He needs you to do something that you've never done, and, and you don't have the talent. You do. don't have the skill set, or are comfortable. Like again, he put millions of his own dollars into like trying to be better, which is also so, kind of funny. Which which <laughs> didn't work because <laughs> he's still cat. But it's like he's giving his effort. So I'm like, I will never boo a player, and I think it's absolutely it's it's despicable yeah. to boo a player that's giving his ass off there for Tottenham. Like that's fine. Like if if he's if he's sucking and it's costing us games, it's not his fault. I agree. I agree. And I, that's that either me. Hey, Conti, play someone else. Hey, Conti, Paratici, Levy, buy someone else. I'm like, fix the problem. That, that was gonna be what I was gonna go into, Lucas. I mean, it's not his Do- fault. Doherty is not anything better than Emerson. No, like he's not. No, he's got okay, a better maybe, final ball, but maybe he's got a better final ball. It's not a but giant that, upgrade like some people would tell you. Right. But then you got Spence, who we're all thinking he's a natural wingback. That's the only bonus. I don't even know if. Oh yeah, I guess he yeah. is. That's he true. Plays, and he plays wingback for Ireland. He does play right. wingback for Ireland. Right. But the, um, the well, I guess here's my. <laughs> I guess my question for everybody is: like January comes around, area. the window comes open, and, and Conte makes a splash, and we get a we sign a right wing back. Now we got 
theoretically four right wing backs. Well, you hope we get one out the door. And night, you hope to get Doherty or or Emerson, Emerson out the door <laughs> for sure. But that's highly unlikely at this point in time. If I would say that Juventus has already the said they're interested. Which, like, thank you, our our savior club, Juventus, coming to save us. Again. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? It was the irony. deal for. It'd be so great. Yeah, I, was gonna say, <laughs> I would. I would absolutely love it if he went to Juventus <laughs> and they won the league because, it, because he was amazing for them. Could you imagine the irony of them being like, "Well, you can have back to you. Here you go. Yeah, we have two scumbags that we don't need anymore. They're absolute slags. It's Bentoncore and it's." This Kulichevsky guy, you can have them. They're no well, good to us. And then we're like, okay, you can have Royale. And it's like our two best players. And then we send them Royale, and they win the league. I'm like, that would be hysterical. Well, and look, I'd be happy for Royale. Look what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Look what's going on in Napoli. Himself. Look who's look who's playing for Napoli. Look who's started. Look who started 80 percent of the matches and is seeing 40 percent, uh, 40 minutes a game. And Domile. Yeah. He's literally. Really? They're going to win the fucking really league, well right now. and he's playing he really? well. He started, I don't even know. He started. Yeah. He started off the season. Uh, they were barely playing him, but once he got in, he's been killing it. He's still. I just say. I just remember he scored against. Like, that's fantastic. We get thirty-five million right. out of him. Maybe. But yeah, he still looks like a Domini. I've seen a couple of his games. He looks he, exactly the same. Italy's a bit slower, but it's it is slower. It is slower. And his passing. His passing is. He had a hundred percent passing in his last match. I was reading this up. It's the only reason why I know about right now. And he's he. He's doing Ndombele things. He just could not do it in the Premier League. And let's send him off to fucking Italy, and he can have a fabulous career. I hope the guy does well. Same thing with Emerson. If we can get him out the door and sign some right wing back, which, by the way, who the fuck knows what that is and where he's coming from. Pedro so it's Porter probably not uh, going sporting. to happen. There's a couple names out there, but highly unlikely. Lucas Mora. <laughs> yeah, should also that, leave. That thing, that that was like Seoul, Korea, and that was it. Lucas Mora is never going to see the right wing back again. It was a, it was a worthy effort. Um, but yeah, so that's I guess that's what I yeah. had to say about it. Well, I think we got to go to MVP here. So let's oh, yeah. let's start with Nate this time. Oh, it's Kulusevski. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be Kulusevski or Benzikor, but just like we've already run the ground to death. But like, it's night and day with the team. Makes everybody around him better. Makes the fans better. Makes us better. He's got a great song. It's great to sing that again. It's just all, all, all great vibes with Kulisevsky playing for us. Okay, sorry. Well, it's impossible not to say Kulisevsky, but I'm, not going, I'm going to not say Kulisevsky. I'm going to say Bentecor because that second half, I'm not saying it because of two goals. Because, to be honest with you, I don't give a shit about these guys scoring random goals. Because Bentecor was in the right place at the right time because he knows the boy, and he got a ball on his foot, and he slotted in the back of the net. You should do that as a starting midfielder for Tottenham in that spot. So I don't care who it is. If that was Skip, he scored two goals again. I'm not going to go, hey, we should start Skip every fucking match. I would. Well, if you I do love him, I don't know. I do. I do love Skip, and I want Skip, and I want Skip more on the on the, on the field. But I'm but I'm saying is I'm saying Ben Score because I just feel like he's been in the right place at the right time, and he was in this particular match, and that's why I'm going to give him the. MVP. Good show. Yeah. Uh, with you. I, I'm with you in the terms of, like, I respect Benton Kerr's, like, just the mentality to, again, not have a great first half, but come out, keep giving it your all, and come ahead and be the hero at the end. Like, that was class. But to me, yeah, it's Kulichevsky. And I'm like, if you're <laughs> – the fact – and I think it speaks volumes to him. It's like there was somebody that scored two goals, and I'm still giving it to you. Like, that's how good you were and how instrumental you were into our attack and the way we do our things. And – at the same time, minor shout-out. Harry Kane, again, was Bam. phenomenal, and we didn't say 
a word about him. <laughs> we didn't right. say a word. It's like he right. scores again and had about three of the best passes I've seen this year yeah, I mean, in the Premier League. The thing with and Kane we can is just be like, ah, classic Harry. He, just, it's the standard. Yeah. It's the constant. You're not going to talk about him. You're not going to see him oh, because God, he does he that fucking, every game. He's Even so though good. he's not, I don't think he scored a brace yet all season, but he scored it just about every game. So he's still second in the league in yep. scoring. Like. And then you know, he's he going to get one. He's, he it doesn't matter if it's pretty. It doesn't matter if it's just off like four different deflections. But his goal was really nice because he took it down, made the Tyler Adams, sent him for a hot dog. Sorry, Tyler. Um, and then slide it home because he's world fucking class. And real made it look easy that as That was hell. a great I touch. will say before we go to Anthony, he's like, before you're, it's just, God, in today's standard, that was. That has to be called interference on. Like, oh, yeah, we got away with one. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, deserve yeah. that because we've been fucked this season. Yeah. But we got away Jesus, with one, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in, no, today's, in today's football, you touch the goalkeeper and they're like, yeah, red card. Yeah, right. So for us to get away with that, I, I I didn't even celebrate when we scored because I'm like, well, that's getting called. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's getting VAR to Which is another thing that sucks, but we can talk all, Literally day, ran him all over. day about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, steamroll by two guys. <laughs> I'm Kalu. Uh, LVP, Nate. Emerson. I mean, it's easy. It's Emerson. We've said enough. But, yeah. but guys, again, if, if you're going to judge, big thing in my roommate, Tommy, on the podcast, you know him well. Uh, yeah, I sometimes get on him about just if you're going to bash players when they play like shit, make sure you're also supporting them when they do something nice. Because Royale had a couple of moments in that game where he did something really well, and I didn't hear a word from anyone other than me and Nate in the pub that was like, wow, that was a good ball by Royale or something. It's like, if you're going to bash someone, make sure you're make sure you're going to praise them when they do something well. It's a two-way street. You can't just be the biggest, like, all that negativity does just nothing for us going forward. It doesn't do anything for you as a person either. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's shit. It's no. just, it, it, yeah, it brings yeah. everything down. It brings the vibe of the bar down. It brings everything down. Yeah. Hold them, hold them I'm not, And I'm not saying I'm perfect bad, at this because I've had outbursts before no. as well. But if you're going to do that constantly all game, what's the point? What are you doing here? I just go, mean, watch, I, go we, watch by yourself. We have that much or go watch the news. Like, that's the most or depressing. Or don't watch the game, yeah. The, the news is the most depressing thing ever. Like, go we, watch we, that. We have somebody <laughs> in the pub who calls out every time Emerson Royal. I'm not going to call him out. Uh, you, you'll know him when he... <laughs> yeah. uh, if you listen to his podcast, you know who he is. You, you, he you know yells he for is. him not to get the ball, and then he yells when he does get the ball. I mean, it's literally both. It's just yeah, not, it's it, not a productive it, way or yeah, fun it, way to it watch. It doesn't make it fun to watch, but... I can. But you know what is fun? I can understand the fear in your heart, but but support your players, and when they do do something well, give them the credit if you're gonna give them. Yeah, the credit. absolutely. That's why I said call them accountable when they do dumb shit constantly, but also give them their props when they do good shit, and like that's being a positive fan. Yeah. And again, you know what's not negative? Beating leads. That's always yes. fun. That's always hey, fun. Uh, just one more. It's always thing. fun. I, I do want to say. Having the Leeds fans in the bar, which sucked for a little bit, but being able to yell, oh, when sing, oh, final Leeds, whistle, yeah, Leeds are falling oh, apart again. again, in his yeah. fucking face that at the awesome. end of the game was wonderful, and I wouldn't change that moment for all the annoying <laughs> shit that happened earlier. Shout out to Peter. And one more thing, <laughs> almost yeah, took Peter. A swing. Peter wanted <laughs> to take his head off. <laughs> that was so funny. But one more thing, I, and I will say this: Brendan Aronson, American. Fantastic. Yeah, he's good. I did not think he'd be like we talk about Brian Heald not having like the strength for the Premier League, and then you look at like short ass ginger Brendan Aronson, and he's just crushing it for Leeds. He's a player. He's a really good American player, and and it's good. I get to now root for him in the World Cup, right? So that's nice. (laughs) 
Well, let's uh, and we're going to talk about the World Cup in the second half. Uh, that's pretty much our only topic. Uh, we do not have a halftime second segment, so let's just go to half. Welcome back. Uh, first, a couple, a little bit of business before we uh, talk about this World Cup. Um, so we are going to take this World Cup break off. Uh, so we're not going to have any episodes until probably after the World Cup uh, wraps up. But we are going to ha- put up a couple of uh, Catherine Stateside uh, series where she interviews uh, uh, U.S. fans and uh, gets their perspective on how they became part of the uh, this wonderful team. So definitely listen to those when they pop up. Um, and we'll, we're definitely looking forward to having exciting things to talk about after the World Cup um, and hopefully talk about how our players are all coming back healthy and rearing ready to go for Boxing Day. Um, but let's roll into this conversation. Um, so we've got a lot of players in our first team that actually are do- going out on international duty. Um, now, I know this is a nice break for some of our squad. Kuliszewski definitely is a, a big name that comes up there. But a, a lot of key players to our squad are going to be playing in this competition. Uh, so I'm just going to go through it real fast. Like the, Our defenders, Eric Dyer, Ben Davis will be playing for Wales. Uh, let's see, uh, Ramiro for Argentina. Um, Hoybier for Denmark. Bentoncourt for Uruguay. Saar for uh, Senegal, but he wasn't really playing anyway. Richarlison for Brazil. Uh, Perisic for Croatia. Uh, Son, of course, for South Korea. And, of course, Kane. Uh, the, a lot of people are playing. A lot playing. of Spurs representation. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people playing first team minutes. Um, well, well, Lucas, first, uh, yeah, the first thing I will let's say. Let's get just, Lucas out yeah, of the way. Just, yeah, get me out <laughs> of the way because you guys know I hate international football. But I will chirp in. I'll say for me, the biggest thing is I love that we were able to do what we did at the end against Leeds to come back and get that result because I remember it was a few years ago, it was in March, and we had like 21, it was like it was like 21 days off in a row randomly in March because it was an international break and then like an FA Cup break and we had already been knocked out or something. So we had like 21 days off and I think we lost to like Southampton or oh, someone. Oh yeah, I remember And that. So, so going into the 21 day break, we had like a brutal loss to Southampton and I had to sit on that for 21 days and it was just 21, excruciating. 21, 21, 21, 21. So I'm like, this is at least for me, because I'm like, I'm probably not going to watch a lot of World Cup, but I'm so happy that at least I don't have to sit on like some god-awful like 3-2 loss for the next 45 days at least until the holiday season i can be like all right well at least we got to win in and we have some kind of momentum going so that to me that's the first thing i'll jump yeah, we get off to, that's we get jumping to get off there point. on a yeah. nice vibe exactly we get to it's relax nice. and be like you know and by the way fourth place watching tottenham the last few months Solid i'm like place. i really needed this break so we needed it yeah they needed it yeah, yeah. the world needed it yeah the world, the world needed didn't a break. need it to be in qatar but we here we are you know, that's the one kind of thing that bothers me about this is that Qatar should not have this World Cup. The entire world of soccer should not bend over backwards to give this garbage-ass country the World Cup. And it shouldn't um, be this time of year, which is yeah, just that's, painful Yeah, that's to what I meant. It. Like, yeah, it's like you look at how all the leagues yeah, are dealing with this like, shit. I don't, I don't believe in the conspiracy theories, though, that, like, Qatar paid them under the table. I think Qatar got there based on their awesome tourism, great record of the way they <laughs> and treat solid people and and their their solid infrastructure and their football heritage. I think that's how they got here. 
You're right. Definitely Maybe I've no been sarcasm here. Harshly. Like no, no under the like no under the table money by FIFA on this one. No and, oh, and by the way, we'll have to adjust it and make it the first time in the world or the history of the world that we're going to play it in fucking November. But nope, just Qatar I mean, got there on their yeah. own. No and weirdness like, there. It's and yes, we're Americans. America is not blameless for the shit we've done in this world. But I can be gay and not get arrested and have a drink. And there's just things like that, that it's just, just like, be, like, having that situation be, like, or I could, like, it's just, it, it just goes against, I think, the free world and having all these nations combined. It's a similar thing, like, even, even Russia had that to an extent, but Russia had more, and, I mean, especially now, but, like, but it's even worse with Cotter, I think, and they... It's, the slave it's labor they use the, to build I mean, stadiums. the migrant worker stuff uh, in its own is absolutely appalling. And actually, Netherlands came out, and they're going to have all their game-worn jerseys go to funds to help the, help the Qatari workers that have suffered and the families of people that have died, which I think is incredibly commendable. You saw what U.S. did. They changed their, they changed their crest to have the rainbow colors, which made, like, we talked about the Hugo statement. That made that even more annoying, that he just tried to, like, toe the line on that bullshit. But, like... That's what bugs me about this is like you'll see people make those like false claims like oh you're just as bad as them and no you're not there's degrees of this shit and they are one of the worst fucking degrees so that all being said am I gonna watch fuck yeah I'm gonna watch it's the fucking world cup and like this is I'm not I'm somebody that like I don't watch the F1 races in Saudi Arabia I don't I'm a wrestling fan I don't watch the WWE shows in Saudi Arabia because I hate sports watching I really do Newcastle the fact that they are being able to do this really rubs me the wrong way same with Manchester City but the World Cup is still like I I can't I can't not watch <laughs> see, the damn thing and see, that's, <laughs> it's like it's like so annoying that I'm trying to like pivot this whole idea and be like oh yeah but I'm not gonna boycott I'm totally gonna watch this piece it's a fuck, I'll watch every game if I can I'll get it four in the fucking morning I'm gonna watch this right but it still has that weird overhang around it that is kind of just as a soccer fan you just wish it wasn't there and you it didn't need to be no and, and, and it's it, not sour grapes because the u.s was second it would have been nice to have it here but it would have been nice to have it literally just about anywhere else and I'm, I'm also like to me like and again this is the last like bit of like kind of political edge that i'll put on it i just i don't like how it's thrown some of these players in these positions like you never we we didn't have to have it be this way because, again, what are you supposed to do if you're Harry Kane? You say, hey, you're really going to go play in Qatar? Like, it's like, well, what is he supposed to do? In the prime to? of his career. Yeah, what's like, he he's supposed to do? Play he's the, the captain of England. Of course he has to go play. But it's like, so now it's like. You only get every four yeah, years. Yeah, so it's like, what, what do you do? Because, like, these, a lot and of these. put these guys in But that a lot position, of these players, right, right? yeah, and a lot of these players want to make the right stand. But they're like, what are we supposed to do? Like, let our country down and say, fuck it. Like, like, what the right thing to do to be, like, if we're just saying the right thing would be all of these countries say, fuck it. Like, we're not going to go play. That would be the right thing to actually take a stand, to shock the world and be like, well, this is what we're not going to do. But it's like, no, that's never going to happen. And it's right. the most naive thing of all time to even think that. And so it's like you, you put these players in a bind where they're like, oh, you're not really supporting the right causes. And they're like, well, I am. But, like. This is also what like I do for a living, and this is my career on the line, and this and is and it's still the World and, Cup. And, yeah, and it's the World and Cup, dream. and I've dreamt my, my entire life. It's I've not even it's not the biggest sporting my event team of the year. Out. It's the biggest sporting event in the yeah, world. So it only guys, comes around every four, right? Like, and, and guys like Romero that have been like super injured, by the way. 
I don't Again, blame sarcasm. That. I don't blame that but, at all. No, but he's like, all, but he way. knows he's like, this is Messi's last World Cup. Well, I like, gotta be there. The, the Argentina, the Argentina boys are like, thing. we gotta be there. I want. So it's like it's. It, I, I hate the fact that it's been put in Qatar because it puts what are really just good human beings and decent human beings as footballers. We've now made them like this weird focal point where we're gonna judge whether or not they made the right decisions and it's just it's really weird and it didn't need to be there it's just under the table rich people getting richer and bribery it's just and it, countries it's, buying yeah. jets so they yeah can it's vote. just that, that was france it's so. just it's Fuck bush you, league france. it's bush league shit and I, I, wanna, I, just, I wish it wasn't there I want to get into... If anything, they should have been like, fuck it, we're going to make it in Ukraine this year. That would have been gas. I, I, I'd go to that. I think we all really believe the same thing about Qatar. We, we all have the same beliefs. It's, it's, it's absolute bullshit. But what I want to talk about is... And Lucas, you've, we've spoke about this. Lucas, you're a club man first. There's no doubt. Tottenham always. through and always, through. Always, Don't always. give a shit about anything else. Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. And it's easier to, to be that as a fan. And I have no disrespect for your beliefs it's fucking awesome but when you come to these guys who grew up soccer players and they're playing soccer and they're being paid to play soccer there's no doubt in my mind that i think in their hearts and i have nothing against it that they are country then they are club absolutely and, and i and Unless i you like grew and, up like and even then it could be a stretch right and but you're a fan you're club and you're club and you're club and i got no fucking problem with that but my my point is romero um He's been healthy for about two weeks. I think yeah, he was he was 100%. just like, listen, this is my dream. This is my fucking dream. I'll, I will gladly give up a million. I mean, I have no idea what happened. But I think he was just like, I want to play in the World Cup. Rick Carlson's video when he got when he was healthy enough and he got put on the squad, watching that video was like, I almost brought a tear to my eye. Like, he was super exhilarated with fucking joy that he was actually going, he's going to start for Brazil, and he's going to play in the World Cup. I, I, really, I really think this is just... It's a big fucking deal, and it's a big deal for the players. And I support the players thinking, hey, it's been four years. This is my chance to play in the World Cup. Go ahead, man. No, and, and I'm with you, and I've always said that. And we can spend we could have we could have an entire podcast called Why Luke Hates International Football. Like that'd be its own thing. <laughs> and but again, I, I grew up Tottenham first, and I grew up in a country that made fun of you for liking soccer when I was a little kid, like Tottenham. Like, you loser. Like, what is that? And I'm like, it's soccer. And now, all of a sudden, it's like a big thing. And you're like, oh, well. So imagine, for me, it's like, yeah. People are like, oh, you don't support Team USA? I'm like, no, fuck Team USA. And again, Harry Kane spends three years and nine months out of every four years being called a mouth breather, a scumbag, a diver by every fan in England that doesn't wear a Tottenham shirt. And then, for a couple months, every four summers, it's... Oh, it's coming home, like Captain Harry burying it. It's like so. All of a sudden, it's like everyone, all these scousers that have just spent three months. Well, don't three say that. They don't like England either. Well, Jesus, like Arsenal fans just being like, "Oh, Harry, right, we love exactly. you." Like, it's like, "Oh, it's our captain." You're like, "Oh, go fuck off." His goals aren't for you; they're for us. We've, <laughs> we've earned them. We earn them. We earn them for three months and nine or three years and nine months out of every four. Those goals are for us. You don't get to celebrate those. But again, I I, I am very. I'm not naive enough to think that like international football doesn't matter. For me, I just I wish it would be kept between like just the World Cup or your Euros, like or for Copa. What like uh, what's the Co Copa? The gold, what's the Gold Cup like? Gold Cup. Copa what's, America. Uh, what's, yeah, Copa America and Gold Cup. Like, like have your Euros. Have your, like for me, it's like we saw like De Bruyne 
after, at the end of last season being like, oh, Jesus Christ, I just won the league for City and now i got to go play in this Nation League bullshit. Like, that's the type of stuff. Because, again, we just lost we well, lost yeah, Kulachewski. The players are saying it too. Yeah. I mean, we lost Kulachewski because it's of about a Sweden. the Nations League. Yeah. It's about all these games. And, like, they used to be friendlies that were kind of chill and you could have yeah. eight subs. And now it's like, oh, there's competition that matters now. And they keep trying to add more. Oh, let's do the World Cup every two years. Oh, let's add more teams so there's more games. And, like, these guys are going to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And the reason we haven't had Kulachewski for the last six weeks was because of a Sweden Nation League game. Like, are we and then there was like, like right. There was like, if you're gonna get hurt, get hurt when like, it's a World Cup qualifier. Two, two times, and he never really kicked on because of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you see that, but it's like at the end of the day, Sai, I think you're dead on because these guys grew up dreaming about this thing, dreaming. dreaming about World Cup. It wasn't I'm gonna win the league with this weird team in England when I'm living, grew up in Argentina. Right. No, it was <laughs> I'm was gonna mine. go. <laughs> I will gonna, say that was mine. <laughs> I'm gonna go win the World Cup for my country and be a hero. Right? And that's what all these kids want to do that are now playing. And there's still a lot of them are still kids. So, like, Romero's 23. Most of them so are like, kids. So, it's like, um, so, yeah, I, when, when Romero did that, I was like, you know what, Fairfax, dude, it's a weird season. You know what I mean? Like, look at, look at Sadio Mane, man. Like, that dude, that's the hopes of an entire country. That, and, the, and the, what he puts back like he built, uh, he built like son. infrastructure in his village. He's built like a whole hospital, like all this kind of stuff. And now he might not be fit because of the la- that he got injured the last game of the season, and that w- takes Senegal from potentially a dark horse to I don't even know if they'll make it out of the group stage mm-hmm. because they've got a couple of decent guys around them. So like, but not with him not there. And and so and and you look at Sun when Sun got hurt in that Marseille game, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to miss the World Cup. He's going to be absolutely devastated. That whole country is going to be absolutely devastated. Thank God he can actually play for them. And I'm not mad if he's not if he missed these last two games, even if he could could go, because this, from a soccer perspective, is the most important thing. It's the most important thing in sports, not just soccer. Right, all this sports. This is the biggest event right. in all sports, bigger than the Olympics. Are you sure it's not the Burberry contract for uh, Son? <laughs> oh my God, he looked he looked, he like, looked, a fair, he looked like a fair bat, rocking that MJF oh, shit. Geez, yeah, looked, um, I love the glasses. He, he was cracked. He looked, looked, yeah, he looked. He looked, fina- he looked like Tom Holland. Did anyone else think that? Yeah, <laughs> he looked like Tom another Spurs fan. Fair play. Um, yeah, exactly. He probably got some fashion advice from him. Um, but yeah, no, it, it it's like it is so. It's the biggest thing, and that's one of the reasons why you know, even if it's Qatar, and even though I hate everything around it, even though they're putting fans and shipping containers an hour away from the stadiums and charging them three hundred dollars a day for it, it's horrible. Like, Holy fuck, by the way. Um, I'm still going to watch it. I'm going to watch as many games as I can. Thank God I have that thanks- all that time off during Thanksgiving. I mean, it's going to be great. I'm going to be half-assing at work, too, probably. Don't listen to this, bosses. Um, so, <laughs> no, I just had my busiest week as well to get everything out of the way. But, but yeah, like, it's good. They know me. I'm the soccer dude at work. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's just... You, you can't blame the players for this. Don't be all up in their mentions. Don't be all in Spurs mentions. Ah, you don't care about Tottenham. No, he doesn't care about, about Tottenham as much as Argentina. And it's totally fine and totally normal. Right. I, I, I agree. I, you know what? Props to Tottenham, though. Our club is pretty damn strong. We have so many people going to the World Cup this year. So many stars. Kulusevski is not going to make it. But if you slot in Carlson, basically we can start our whole 11 is going to the World Cup. That's pretty badass. Except for what? Our right wing back and our left wing back. <laughs> and this is 
fucking Conte's well, no, offense. Perisic is run, going. Perisic is going. So, uh, but Sessignon, Sessignon's getting some time with the U23s, I believe. You know, if Ireland made but, it, Doherty would be going. Let's be honest. Sorry, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, you all looked at me, and I'm like, if Ireland made it. If Ireland can beat, like, Algeria, I'm like, that was a good weekend. That was a good weekend. <laughs> right. Like, Han boys. I just, I just find it's funny that like most of the time Sessignon starts and and Emerson's been starting and those are our two problem areas when scoring goals for Tottenham and they're the only two that are not going to the fucking World Cup. Go ahead, Lucas. So here's where I kind of differ, and I, I I I can understand to some degree how important that is, especially guys like from some of these like third world countries, like guys like again. Lucas Moura doesn't even get to play for Brazil. Lula. But it's like, Lula. It's like Lula. he's a guy that like grew up in like some just absolute like slum neighborhood. From his first moment kicking a ball, it wasn't like, wow, hope I score for Tottenham. It was like, I want to play for Brazil one day. Of course. And I'm sure Richarlison has the same point of view. But to me, I'm like, yeah, well, Brazil's not paying you the wages. We are. So you know what, Romero, as much as I love the fact that you want to go play for Argentina, we're paying your wages and we're paying you a lot of money. So for you to just kind of mail it in for the last couple months has been like, I, it's I, cost us points. I don't it think has. if he, it's definitely if he cost wasn't us hurt. It's cost it. us points. I don't think if he was hurt at all. Oh, was it hurt? Go away. Because the fact that Conte I don't had to come Con- out and say that statement meant that Conte was completely lying through his teeth. Conte's like, oh no, uh, Romero would play with one leg if he had to. It's like, the fact that you even had to address that means that you know that he's been mailing it in and he's doing this because it's Messi's last World Cup. Eh, We're not stupid. I like, we all know you, you, you mail it in. Like, and again, I get it, but it's like at the same time, like, look, you're a professional. Look at guys like, again, Richarlson. He went out there yesterday when he cried when he got that. Who did he pick up the injury against? Uh, Everton. Yeah, and he yeah. was like in tears and like in a walking boot and like crutches. You knew his tears were because he's like, oh, crap, I'm going to miss the World Cup. Right, right. Yet, there he was yesterday, like, just putting his ass on the line. Like, or on Saturday, like, he actually gave it his all, and I was really, really impressed by that. Harry Kane. But, but never, we, never. We, we don't know that Ramiro was legitimate. We don't know. Either. We're speculating for sure. Yeah. I, I don't care. I honestly don't. If Romero wants to, me, to do that, I'm like, go dude, for it. You're that's right. I don't give a shit. Kane, you know, you're the a professional. You're being paid a lot of money. been lacking. And I think half of that reason is because they all had an iron guitar. Um, I really do. So, like, that, it's, it's not just Conte's strategy and whatever. It's also this thing looming. So, like, I, and is Colombia in the World Cup, by the way? No. 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 Right, no well. this year. <laughs> I was going to say, well, Sanchez, you no, would have had it. You would have had it. Sanchez I thought he was, well great he, against, he was great against Lee. Actually, Sanchez has been playing, the first 90 Sanchez seconds been playing when he gave away. good. He's been struggling when it's him and Emerson on that side, and they're having trouble figuring out how to fucking stop anything over there. But Sanchez has really, yeah, honestly been playing pretty there's well. There's something he does that he's worked on under Conte that he not wasn't able to do before. He can play this really nice pass into Harry Kane's feet, who then plays it off to a Kulisevsky and can get the move. And that was actually the move that scored us the game winner. Starve and Sanchez played it into Kane's feet. He did it against Arsenal as well. I was that just about to say, like the yeah. Arsenal game it's against. Something yep. to watch with Sanchez. Yeah. If you think, what does this guy fucking do? He can't pass the ball forward. Watch for his. Watch for him to fire a nice pass between the lines into Harry Kane's feet. You'll see it, and it's actually really impressive. You, you bring up an interesting point. I'm, I'm, Sanchez has been up for Romero is the first person I've seen. That that right center back position has been forward, forward, forward. When Dyer played on the right, 
when both of them were out and Langley played in the left center back, you kept seeing Dyer flying up the pitch. Sanchez flying up the pitch. Romero flying up the pitch. I have no idea what Conte's goal is there because maybe it's just, holy shit, my right wing back cannot get up there. No, but, it's always been a stuff. But either way, we're seeing that center back flying up the pitch. Well, Go ahead. I, to me, like kind of bringing it back, the reason that I brought up Sanchez was I'm like, it is nice to see some of our guys. I know that to a lot of the listeners, I would say 99% that do not view the World Cup or international football like I do. 99% like the World Cup is about to be really fun, really special, and all that. Um, but to me, I'm like, I'm so happy that we do have some guys that are going to get a rest. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is what's going to be huge for the second half of the season. Like, the fact that Richarlson is going to get more minutes for Brazil than Gabriel Jesus, I'm just like, that might be one of the cruelest, like, gut punch slaps in the nuts. Because I'm like, I swear to God, if that I guy... play both of them. Arsenal, Arsenal hasn't had a single, like, massive injury to worry about. They've had no worry about fatigue. Party they're playing, pl- they're playing in fucking Europa. Ghana's going. Gabriel will start every game out there. <sighs> Granit Xhaka will start for so Switzerland. That's, and see, that's where the like, World Cup is going to be interesting to me. Is who's going to come back? Who's going to come back healthy? Are you... the one? This game that we're playing on... Uh, excuse me, Boxing Day, is going to be, like, against Brentford. I'm like, Brentford's going to come back being like, well, we've been training for this for five weeks. Right. And we're going to be like, right. we've seen each other for four days. And we're expected to and go. Tony into- didn't get called up, and he fucking should have. Yeah, damn it. We're going to go to a place where it's going to be really hostile, and they're going to be just absolutely geared up to beat the crap out of us. And you're just like, well, it would have been nice if we could have a nice five-week break like your team just had. Right. I, I don't think Brentford has a single guy playing in the World Cup. And we have, what, like 11? I, I, they probably do, but I don't know off the top of my brain. And, and last year, or the last World Cup in 2018, we had nine guys from our team playing on the last day of the World Cup. <laughs> not like nine in total. Like, not nine. Because like, right. like, Liverpool was like, well, we have, we have like... Uh, Salah and Mane. It's like, yeah, and neither one of them made it out of the group stage. Salah didn't even we get, had, isn't even going. Yeah, it's like we had nine guys. <laughs> look, at, look at City early. Halas uh, not going. Uh, Mares isn't going. Uh, I know. It's like we had nine guys playing on the last possible day of the World Cup in 2018, mm-hmm. and it was just. And then it's like, wow, Tottenham really couldn't see that season through at the end there. The, the following year, it's like, yeah, no shit, because we were fucking exhausted. Dead on our, dead on our feet. So it, well, it, it does take a toll, especially now that it's in the middle of the year. That was actually the year we made the Champions League final. Yeah. Well, uh, but well, we were shit in the league. Yeah, I was going to say. And we didn't win a game in 2019 in the league from January beating Fulham to Mourinho taking over in October. Wild. Well, what games are you guys looking forward to? Um, I don't know them off the top of my brain. Well, I mean, it's, it, for me, it's easy. The U.S. has to beat Wales. On that opening match. It is a massive game for the U.S. To get out of that group, they have got to beat Wales. And it's going to be fun to watch. You're going to have Bale back. You're going to see Davies. You might even see Roden. Um, Oh, you will. It starts for them. So, yes. So, it's going to be a fun match. You know who else starts for them? Kiefer Moore. No way. Who fucking killed us at Bournemouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd fear that that if I was a USA Um, fan. No, I mean, I, I, I think the U.S. group is great because we get to play England. We get to play Wales. And Iran, who's, go, who's going through a lot right now, they haven't even announced their team. Apparently, there's pressure from the government because some of their players have been speaking out of the shit that's going on in that country, including their best striker. So, like, there's that all up in the air. Um, and I really hope for at least the players that they're all safe and their families are safe throughout all this because that could be a lot to think about. But there's a lot just going on in the GAT group. But 
As far as like a couple of teams, France, you know, they could win it all and they could all hate each other and be out in the group stage. You've got Portugal, who I was going to pick for their dark horse, but now you've got Cristiano Ronaldo like destroying all of Manchester United in, a, in an interview. And now him, and there was this, there was this clip I saw of Fernandez and Cristiano Ronaldo like in the locker room. Hands. They do not look like they like each other at all right now. So there's that kind of thing. Is that going to bubble up? Is that going to be an issue? Like, well, then the you've Portuguese got, like, don't even. Uh, a lot of them don't even want Ronaldo to to, to play. Like, and then uh, you've got. I like, talked to a lot of people when I went oh, on that trip. Oh, for real? Like, yeah, this guy Bruno I was oh, talking shit, to in the bar. Yeah. He was. He's like, no, it's just too much drama. We don't. We don't need him. They've for got this a one. decent back. Wow. They the, the for the longest time they didn't have any strikers. I think they finally got a couple of guys. But you know, you look through the rest of that Portugal squad, they're loaded. I mean, Bernardo Silva and Fernandez. Oh, their midfield's team, insane. Their midfield's crazy. There's, I mean, they got Ruben Diaz at the back. They've got three outstanding goalkeepers. So if one goes down, you've got Jose Sai. You've got Rui Patricio. They're loaded all over the place. But I think Ronaldo it might be a similar situation with United, where it's like. Is he the focal point anymore, even though he know he thinks down to his soul that he is? And then you've got Germany. They need to come back and be good. You've got in, in a group with Spain. Like, that's going to be nuts. That'll be a I was literally going to say, I'm like, that's the group. Costa Rica is no fucking slouch. Well, Costa Rica uh, I think this. I think we're seeing the sunset of Costa Rica, personally. But, you know, I said that last time, and they ended up being good. But uh, but even Japan, like they'll give you a game. That's why that Japan group, killed that, us. That yeah. group to Smoked me is us. the most exciting. If you look through Japan all the groups, Japan is low key good. If you look through all the groups, I mean, it's who's that guy that was on Frankfurt or was it not? No, was it Frankfurt or, or a sport? No, it was Frankfurt. They both Frankfurt. Had, yeah, they Frankfurt. both had a Japanese guy that was phenomenal. Yeah, and then um, so I, yeah, and they and they their press killed the United States in that friendly earlier this year. But they had like for me, if you look through all of the groups, it's pretty simple to just be like, okay, this group teams. One and two are go- like it's pretty easy to say who's going through because there's usually there's two guys that are pretty much powerhouses or worthy clubs and then or worthy teams and then there's two that aren't. It's pretty easy to see which two teams will be going through. To me, the only two groups that are complete toss-ups, and, and I'm sure we'll see some wild cards. But for me, I'm like it is that Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. I'm like I wouldn't want to be in that group. And then the other one is the one that the United States is in and. To me, I'm like, that's, I think the game I'm most looking forward to, to answer your question, Anthony, is probably that USA-Wales game. Um, USA doesn't really have to earn it to get there, and I don't mean to be disrespectful because I know you guys are USA fans, but I'm like, oh, to get I, there. I wouldn't mind if we lose if Burhalter I'm like, to get, to get to the <laughs> World Cup, all the United States has to do is some pretty easy shit. Like, it's not hard. Like, uh, Wales. Wales to get to the World as- Cup? It's a lot harder. Wales? Oh, to get into the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, no, it's no, very fucking hard. Ours is a bit easier. Your um, path is pretty good. I don't so, know how you guys aren't saying USA England's the game you're looking the most forward to because. Well, I want, I want Harry King right to score five. I want Friday Harry King to score five goals. In the US. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That is. It's on Black Friday. If we win, they have to call it soccer for four years. Um. <laughs> No, I mean, the thing about that I love is that we have nothing to lose. If we lose, it's like, oh, yeah, we lost England. (laughs) If we beat England, if we draw, we beat them, by the way, just like last time. If we beat or draw them, they're going to be Robert Green's not the goalkeeper this time. They're going to be so (laughs) fucking miserable. Yeah, but Harry Maguire's still going. So is Eric Dyer, though. So And Eric Dyer's going. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you don't know. Is no. that their like, two starting We saw Aronson. Aronson, like, balled out against them. Oh, so, like, uh, Stones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we, like, I'm going to, like, that, if we beat England, it's going to be so funny. I'll just say, like, I'm not leaving Twitter before then. 
because even with this weird Elon bullshit, <laughs> because that day, just everywhere, it's just going to be so much fun if we beat them. I'd yeah. love it if we beat them. Love it. Well, <laughs> I think this is probably a good place to wrap up this conversation because we have gone long, but we're not going to be we're not going to have an episode for a while, so plenty of time to listen. Do you say, have something you want to jump yeah, in with quick, first? Quick, let's do a quick four of us uh, predictions. Who do you think is winning the World Cup? Oh, oh shit. I think it's the year. It's not just messy. It's that they finally have a complete team. They've got a good defense. They've got a good midfield, and they've got guys that can they can they can uh, complement him much better. Julian Alvarez coming in. Um, I think they got a decent path too. Uh, yeah, I, I I think, and you know, not a European country hosting hotter weather. They might be more used to playing with consistently, and then it's a different kind of hot than like the humidity in the South America, but. I just feel like it's their year. Nah, could be. I mean, I, f- I find myself just constantly rooting for Spurs players, and, and like in this case, like even like Stevie B, like I'm, I'm rooting for the Netherlands. I'm rooting for Denmark. I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm I do pull for some Belgium. I mean, just because it's just fun to watch our players. Like, I mean, Toby's gonna be starting for. I don't know if he's gonna be starting. That's not true. Toby, uh, it's the last. It's the last. It's the last it's Toby. The last we're gonna see the last hurrah for that Jan and Toby. We're gonna see them out there for Belgium. I mean, I'm kind of pumped about just watching those teams. Do I think it's gonna be Argentina? I honestly think that Messi does not get it. I, I just don't, I, it just it needs to happen, and I just think it's too much pressure. I don't think they're gonna get through and do it. I think it's Brazil. To be honest with you, I think that's just gonna win the whole. That'd thing. be cool. Richarlison winning. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Um, well, uh, this, wait, this may not be popular, but I'm going to say it's England. That'd be funny as well. I think I think I'd England, love that I think too. England wins, and when then Harry Kane becomes a legend, and then wins us nine straight trophies. Or he wins the World Cup and never wins. <laughs> then fucking then, then, then we sell him in the final. <laughs> then we sell him in January. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but look, I, I think I think England's going to have it done. Yeah, they got but, the momentum with the last two. But uh, yeah, you said Argentina as well. I said Argentina as well. Yeah, I think I, I I think it's I think it's their year. I agree with you. They're better. I think they've got a good path when you look at the possibilities if they take their group and where they might advance to. Poor um, Celso. I gotta say that. Too. Oh, that's I mean, brutal for him. It's a torn, yeah. torn hammy right before the um, quad or hammy. I, quad, uh, yeah, torn quad right, right before the World Cup. Bruce is brutal. He apparently he went to everywhere to try to get a second opinion on how he could deal with it, and and at the end of the day, just can't can't make it to Qatar. Awful. Well, any final thoughts before we uh, leave our podcasting for about a month and a half? I'll start. I mean. What a great start to the season, honestly. I mean, we're really up in arms about, like, our bullshit. But, like, we're in fourth. Playing pretty well. We've been injured like hell. Um, And Arsenal's playing out of their ass. It won't last. We've seen it many times. City will probably win the damn league. But if we can just keep pushing on. I mean, listen, the Newcastle fucking world that we're living in and the Man City world we're living in, that's the whole new regime. I mean, they're going to buy more players. They're going to be in the top four or five forever. There's a top seven or eight now. It's not a top four. It's not a top six. And we're lucky to be Tottenham, and we're lucky to, to be the club we are. And we're in that We're in that little section. So I'm, I'm pumped. I think we have a great uh, rest of the year ahead of us. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that, like, this is – there's so much that is, again, we have to be negative about. But look at the positives. Like, we are – we're in top four. 
and I keep saying, I'm like, if it wasn't Arsenal that was on top of the league, we would all have a very different mindset about this. Like, Absolutely. It, Come on. It's the fact that it's them. It, like, if it was Liverpool, then City, then Newcastle, then us, we'd all be really positive right now. So it, it is a bit salty. But look, this is, I'm so excited. We won the group. We get AC Milan, by the way. That's the part that I'm so excited for come January. I'm like, mm-hmm. bring me these pricks. I've waited for like over 10 years to play these jackasses again. The last time we played them when they came to White Hart Lane and we literally parked the bus like a bunch of clowns. Like, well, now we're better than you. So now we're going to go to the San Siro, beat your ass, and then you're going to come back to N17 and we're going to beat your ass again. I am so excited. Could not be more pumped that we drew them. And we're going to see where this Champions League, like, who knows? Like, we could get some lucky draws. We could get some... Lorente elbows, like it could all go our way again. We don't know. Elbows, yeah. We could. It's just like we've put ourselves in a good position, and it's something to be proud of and excited about. Especially in this forty-five day break, it's like let's keep positive attitude and let's be excited about what's coming in the second half of the season. Yeah, and we've got a window that's going to be opening up right after we come back, and that's that's exciting in itself because I I really think we are going to back Conte in this oh, upcoming yeah. window. We, yeah, we look like we're going to spend. And I think I, we I, have I'm excited. To. I think we have to. Uh, Nate, any final thoughts? You know, just uh, be kind to one another and um, enjoy soccer with less pressure than usual. Just try to enjoy the games um, as they can, and you know, um, we'll all be back when it's time. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, well, exactly. yeah, yeah it's weird holidays. to say happy holidays this early. But, <laughs> Thanksgiving um, and Christmas. Kevin G from Mean Girls. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm Anthony, and you can find me on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N. Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, either one, L-U-C-I-S-R-U-S-K-E, all one word. And Cy, where can Come we talk find you? Sports with Twitter, CyHodge13. And Nate, where can we find you? I'm Chi-Town Spurs, but I tweet a lot about wrestling now, and if you don't like that, you shouldn't follow me. <laughs> Han Nikita. I'd back that up. <laughs> <laughs> but that about wraps it up. So thank you so much to Tommy, Tommy for editing tonight, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and uh, The Atlantic, as always. Uh, find, uh, find us on our many platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, hit the subscribe button on those platforms and write us a review if you like our podcast or tell us you hate us. Uh, <laughs> uh, either, check either us works. out on both Twitter and Facebook at 4 Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Arsenal, I'm going to bottle it. Come, Come on, on, you Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>